Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Game of Thrones and a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. I'm Lot, Lady of Tarth, hyphen posts on Tumblr. Tonight I have joining me Eon. Hi, this is Eon. I'm Eon Blue Negative on Tumblr. We have YD. Hi, this is YD, and you can find me at Yellow Delaney on Tumblr. Chicky. Hey, this is Chicky. I'm Chickren on Tumblr. And Guile. This is Guile. I'm Guile and Subterfuge on Tumblr. Awesome. Thank you for joining us tonight. Yay. We. Uh, before we go into the uh, chapters, um, just a spoiler warning, we will spoil everything, so if you don't want that, don't listen. Uh, we are reading, oh my gosh, Jamie 1 from A Dance with Dragons, and then we are done. Jamie it. Jamie all. Jamie all, that's right. <laughs> I can't believe it. This is it. We've finished yeah. the Jamie and Brienne chapters. Looks from like we made it. <laughs> Good job. Like that we need more Jamie and Brienne chapters. Oh, that yeah, chapter. it does look like that, actually. Oh, that's a, well, maybe we can end on that one. <laughs> okay. Should, oh, should we have a nipple warning? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, isn't, isn't that every chapter? <laughs> nipple trigger. <laughs> I don't know what that would be triggering. Um, it's, it's a large nipple trigger warning. <laughs> Large. I know what it would trigger. Oh boy. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> okay, going on to the chapter. Um, <laughs> we open up at Raven Tree Hall, an old castle set in the fertile valley of the Blackwood Vale. This sounds such like a uh, tourist like ad. A tourism brochure, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <It really does. laughs> Over the castle walls, there is a god's wood with a giant weirwood and the branches you can see peeking out from a distance. Unlike Riverrun, the siege here that's taking place is one of starvation and there are no signs of siege equipment. Jamie thinks it's past time this has ended. With the siege at River Tree done, he will be free to return to King's Landing, to his king, and to Cersei. Another part <laughs> of him whispers... I love that. It's like his brain is mocking him. <laughs> He's like, yeah, no, I'm totally getting back to the king. And his brain's like, <laughs> No, like the Brackens are pretty much on vacation right now. They're just, they're just chilling in front of the Blackwood castle right now. They have their Chilling tents out. and humping. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. And yes, dear listener, if you like um, the Brackens or the Blackwoods, this is the chapter for you. <laughs> um, so he would have, uh, he, Jamie realizes he will have to face Cersei eventually, uh, assuming the High Septon has not put her to death. I think, like, the keyword is he supposed he'd have to face her. Like, there's a certain <laughs> level of, of, like, a sigh implied. They're like, oh, I guess I'll have to face her if yeah, she's still this- alive. There's right. like a certain sense of dread, or at least resignation. It certainly doesn't read as someone who's longing to get back to their loved one. No. Yeah, I'm I'm with Guile. It's like there's a sigh or an eye roll or something in that sentence. You can just feel it. And yeah, and go ahead. You notice 
And you notice, too, I mean, even the thought of Xerxes being dead, he doesn't even seem really upset about the thought. There's, like, no emotion. <laughs> yeah. Just another there's thing a little bit of, to There's do. a little bit of emotion that I read, I thought. <laughs> when he talks, I think we've gone a bit further ahead, but he talks, he's, he's got that constant refrain of, she's been fucking Lancel and Osmond Kettle Black and Moon Boy for all I know, which are not... Yeah. dispassionate words in my opinion yeah then you're right that is what comes up next because he thinks of her letter and um how he the one that he had ordered burned and then again he thinks of Tyrion's accusations so yeah i guess a little bit of residual emotion little that, little bit, little bit. <laughs> but, you know you can't really turn that stuff off so immediately i think for the most part he is thinking about it in quite an unemotional kind of way mm-hmm. did you want to add anything Ian? Oh, but, I mean, there's no really sense of mourning, no sense of wanting to die mm. <laughs> at the thought of the possibility of Xerxes being dead. Yeah, hang on, weren't, weren't they born together? Aren't they meant to die together? Shouldn't he exactly. be touting that, that party line? <laughs> yes, because I always see the rumor or the theory that, you know, whenever Xerxes dies... Jamie's going to be full of grief and he's going to kill himself. And <laughs> I just, Hang on, that's only that. if he kills her, though. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he is uh, reasoning that if, uh, he, like uh, Ian had said, um, like if he had gone back, he, he she's guilty of like every treason laid against her and he was short a sword hand. So, you know, he's not Which, like he's going to be much help. Yeah. Well, and I mean, Which, that stops I, him all the time. I was going to say, we talked about this last week. I mean, did it matter? It didn't matter to him whether Tyrion was guilty or not. And he was short a sword hand there, too. Right. And uh, jumping into bear pits and all that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, generally, I mean, like, you can, I don't see how you can read this paragraph and not just feel like Jamie is, considering this is the love of his life that we're talking about, is very Mm -hmm. blase about this. I mean, yeah, he's he's not weeping. He's not terribly upset that she might be dying. And most importantly, he isn't rushing back. I mean, he's 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 going away from King's Landing right now, going to Raventree. He's not going toward it. Right. I and feel that's... like for those people who say that, oh, he's just angry. He, I mean, certainly, I think he does have some residual anger, but it's been a while now, and it's it's you know, it's not. He's not still in that stage where he's just lashing out and wanting to hurt her. He's had time to think about it, and he's in with the thought that oh well, she's gonna die. She's guilty. She did it. I can't really help her, so he's done. Shrugsies. <laughs> well, that's it. I think, oh well. I think his willingness to just kind of let let fate take its course kind of says more than anything else about how he's feeling about it. Yeah. Guys, I'm convinced that there are people, there must be copies of this book that don't have this chapter in it. (laughs) (laughs) What about the uh, the people who don't seem to have a copy of Dance? (laughs) Some people seem to think Brienne's dead. Yeah. Oh yeah, Guile, I saw you caught that. Someone thought Brienne was dead. Hey, we've all been there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 2014, man. 2014. <laughs> <laughs> There's no forgiveness there. No forgiveness there. <laughs> uh, I set them straight. I don't want anyone thinking that. They don't have to be thinking Yeah, she's not straight. dead, guys. She's undead. She's not dead. <laughs> she's, not dead. <laughs> she's unbrand. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Jamie arrives at Lord Bracken's tent, and he goes in unannounced to find some love making going on. <laughs> Lord Bracken is getting it in. (laughs) 
<laughs> lots of back hair. Too. Oh god, that part was so gross. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> ah. I love that Jamie has absolutely no shame here at all. He just kind of wanders in. He watches him bang for a little bit, and then he kind of clears his throat and is all, "Hey guys, what's up?" I know it's such a dick move, Jamie. Not I kind cool. of love it. Come on, not this is why cool, we love Jamie. Jamie cool. Surely. <laughs> I kind of feel like he's the pizza boy coming into the porno. (laughs) (laughs) And he wants to join in. He does want to join in. He kind of wants a piece of Hildy, I've got to say. But I've got to say, this leads to one of the greatest Jamie exchanges in the entire series for me, which is, you took me unawares, my lord. I was not told of your coming. And then Jamie replies, and I seem to have prevented yours. Oh, Jamie. I'm so glad you said it. I had that one written out too. I thought that was hilarious. Jamie's always got the jokes, man. Uh, he's he's quick. Sure. So anyway, uh, Bracken does jump off the woman, and uh, Jamie kind of oogles her a bit. Uh, yep. Yeah, he mistakes her for a whore, um, but you know she kind of corrects him. Um, she's a prize of war, Bracken claims, taken from one of the Blackwood Sworn Swords. Um, they're both a bit flustered. Bracken's putting on his pants backwards. The woman is scrambling about the tent, looking for her clothes, attempting to be discreet, which Jamie finds uh, a bit provocative. Um, he asks her name, and it's Hildy. Hildy asks Jamie if he has a little wife. No, he has a sister, he thinks. Jamie replies, what color is my cloak? Again, Jamie being witty. (laughs) She asks him what he likes in a woman. He replies, innocence. Mm. Mm. Yeah, this is a, I guess this is a little bit of a, I have to use it, bone of contention in fandom. Um, What exactly Jamie means when he replies innocence. I've seen... A lot of people say, you know, he means, you know, sexual innocence. He's saying, I want my woman to be sexually inexperienced. I want my woman to be virginal. Um, and I think that's true. Um, but I also think there's a, another meaning in that he's using the word innocence uh, sort of as an allusion to wanting a woman who is also politically and, and perhaps even socially innocent, you know, someone who is kind of diametrically opposite to Cersei with all her scheming and manipulation, sexual or otherwise. Yeah. Like it can read like not Cersei. I mean. Yeah. It's, it's, and I mean, we, we kind of skimmed over it, I think, before, but when Jamie mistakes Hildy for being a whore, he's actually just been comparing her to, to Cersei as well. When he talks about nipple trigger warning, <laughs> talks, about, <laughs> talks about her nipples and how they compare to Cersei's, it's interesting that it comes in the same sort of thought as him thinking that Hildy is a whore, that he's comparing her to Cersei. I feel like this episode would be an excellent one to do a drinking game to anytime anyone's a nipple. <laughs> Eon's already started. Yeah. <laughs> Blackwood or Bracken, take a drink. <laughs> oh, I love this scene. Oh, go ahead, Eon. Oh, but I was just wanting to say that if we can actually jump to like actually, you can say that he's attracted to Hildy. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you can you can almost say that he's even had he has an attraction to women that are not traditionally beautiful. Yep right now i mean hildy is not a looker i mean she's not very much of a looker she's described as having a pug nose she has a shaggy mane of hair um yeah i find and lots of pubic hair we know he loves that (laughs) i was about to say it is it is kind of similar to the the thoughts that jamie has had previously about brienne and about pia both of whom he clearly finds attractive as evidenced by the awkward bonus um 
uh, it's just really clear to me in this scene that Jamie is – it seems to me that he's really ready to, to bed someone. He's really ready to move on. It, mm-hmm. You know, it's not like he hasn't found women attractive previously, but you, you just get that really strong impression here that he is truly itching to – <laughs> to be with another woman. So you're saying um, it's horny. horny. I think it's totally horn-dogging. It's pretty horn-dogging, yeah. <laughs> and, but it's, it's interesting to note that he won't just bet anyone. You know, he had his chance with Pia. He's had, he definitely has a chance here with Hildy. Just, you know, she's offering him her, her turnips on a plate. <laughs> um, but no, he's, you know, he's, he's, I think he's kind of waiting for a specific woman. Maybe. <clears throat> I love this scene, though. The thing I love about it most is, is first of all, just what it's there to show you. And that is basically, yes, that Jamie is ready to move on. And I also love, too, that it kind of reveals how you see Jamie being attracted to someone, which is he really, I think, only thinks maybe once about about finding Hildy alluring. But the rest of the time, he's just staring. He's just noticing her physically. And it's so funny that she calls him out on it and is like, You've been staring at my turnips, which is the euphemism for breasts <laughs> that they're using in this chapter. Yeah. But, you know, like, she's like, you've been staring at them. And, like, Jamie doesn't tell you he's been staring at them. Hildy has to tell us. So it's a really good no. indicator of what happens when Jamie is into someone, which is that he may not be telling you that he's into them. Right. And haven't we seen the exact same thing with his chapters with Brienne? Just how, we've talked about this ad nauseum, how attuned Jamie is to her body, how he notices everything about her physical presence. Totally. Yep. Um, in response to his uh, reply of innocence, Hildy says, in a woman, I said, not a daughter. Uh, it, this gets Jamie to thinking of Marcella and how he needs to share the truth with her, too, and how Doran Martell will not like that, given she is betrothed to his son. Um, I like this bit. Bracken yells at Hildy to get out. <laughs> Before she goes, she gives Jamie's dick a squeeze and says <laughs> her name again. That a girl, Hildy. <laughs> and I love that, I love that he, he says that he muses on his, her name as well. He kind of just thinks, hmm, Hildy. <laughs> like he's filing it away. <laughs> Putting that one in the book. And... <laughs> Putting that one in the bag. <laughs> it's kind of amazing though how she like transformed from this like um, she's like trying to cover herself and she's all flustered and then she's right, like yeah. grabbing his penis <laughs> hey, she saw that she had a chance to get on that good for Hill. good for Hill. Hey, go for it <laughs> between Jonas Bracken or Jamie come on who would you go for Duh. Hildy is the fandom. <laughs> she, she did like his gold hands. That's for sure. <laughs> so yeah. Jay, Jamie asks if uh, Bracken has heard from the Blackfish. Bracken replies no, and if he had, he would have put him in chains. He adds, uh, he adds Blackfish should have bent the knee like he did. They discuss Tidos Blackwood, who has not bent the knee and is holed up in Raven Tree. Jamie tells Bracken he means to end this quickly by offering terms and accept him back into the king's peace. The terms will be Blackwood will have to confess treason. Um, he will have to um, abdicate his is it, uh, his allegiances to the Starks and Tullys, swear loyalty to Harrenhal and the Iron Throne. He will get a pardon, but they will take some of his gold and a hostage. Bracken suggests Blackwood's only daughter. She's seven. Um, Jamie thinks, well, that might serve. Lord Bracken, uh, Lord Jonas Bracken asks about the lands and castles he was promised. There's a long list of all the places he wants. Um, he grabs a map and gives it to Jamie. Um, 
Jamie remarks, this is a great deal of land. Bracken claims the Blackwoods stole it from the uh, Brackens way back. Jamie asks about Penny Tree. Bracken says that can remain a royal fife. He just wants what Tywin promised him for subduing Lord Titus. And at this point, Jamie remarks that um, he still sees Tully and Stark banners flying over the castle. Blackwood and Raven uh, River Tree isn't subdued at all. Jamie alludes that he'll keep the map, to which Bracken replies, Keep the map and the lands, but the lands are ours. It's that a Lannister's always pays his debts. We fought for you. Jamie replies, Not half as you have fought against us. There was a lot of Bracken uh, Blackwood stuff in this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know. There's, there's a lot of stuff here. Oh, you go ahead, Cheeky. Yeah, this is just another one of those where this is clearly something that George had wanted to visit. I think he'd been dropping some of this Blackwood Bracken stuff since, I don't know. I don't know, Game of uh, Game of Thrones, maybe, since we first met them. And, um, you know, we know through Feast and Dance, George does a lot of this fleshing out. We've seen it in both Brianna and Jamie's chapters, and this is another case of that. I mean, yeah, and Jamie, Jamie's on. chapter in this book, I mean, you get the feeling that, that George understood after Feast that he couldn't go another whole book without having his major players have at least one POV chapter. He learned that, I think, from Feast. So he, mm-hmm. he threw in a Jamie chapter here. It's almost like he didn't want to. I've often yeah. wondered about this chapter. Yeah, it is kind of a yeah, weird was, chapter. To just... I was wondering later on as well when Jamie's talking to um, Hoster Blackwood and Hoster's explaining the history of the Brackens and the <laughs> and the Blackwoods. And I was just wondering, is this meant to be an analogy for something? Why exactly is this in? So, yeah, you do kind of wonder yeah. if it's just kind of padding or... I yeah. think it is. I think it's Duncan Eggtail padding. I think it's just general yeah. world... I don't know. We shouldn't say padding. Maybe he is going somewhere with it, but I doubt it has anything to do with Jamie. (laughs) Yeah, so just a heads up. What I do like about the thing, I was just going to say, if we can just, I guess we can cut it down a little bit. The thing I took out of this little conversation that Jamie's having with with Jonas is that you can see his honour come out again. They're they're talking about... uh, Jonas is explaining how, hey, we fought for you, I bent the knee... um, but, you know, that's because obviously he was just trying to save his life. Um, and then they talk about um, Titus Blackwood and uh, Jamie talks about how he finds him more honourable or thinks that he, he thinks he's more honourable. So despite Titus not bending the knee to the Lannisters or the Crown, Jamie has more respect for him because, you know, Titus Blackwood is a man who to Jamie is holding true to his loyalties, even if that means that he's opposing Jamie. Um, he would prefer that to someone or respects that more in a man, I guess, than someone who quickly bends the knee to save his own life. Yeah, you can uh, definitely see that with the way he interacts with both Bracken and Blackwood. Well, and I think mm. part of this part of this chapter, too, is to set Jamie up as, you know, kind of the, con- the difference between him and Tywin as well. You know, Tywin mm. destroyed the Riverlands and now Jamie is bringing the Riverlands back together. And it's just showing, like, his style of leadership and the success of that. And I think part of it is kind of building up Jamie as this potential leader for whatever. Oh, now I have to cruelly snatched away. <laughs> now I have to go and defend Tywin Lannister. Oh, no. <laughs> well, he was, right. he was, was, you think he'd make an excellent king. <laughs> he was a leading during war. War is shitty and ugly and awful. Like, this is yeah, very it different. He started it with ugly scorched as... earth. Yeah, yeah. But... 
Tywin losing Amory Lorch in the mountain was completely exactly. unnecessary to make his point. Tywin well, he won, didn't he? Did he? Did he? Well, it wasn't for his son shooting him in the guts. Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah, but at what cost? Like, you're seeing Jamie here, and I completely agree with Guile. Jamie has a completely different leadership style. Again, I mean, it's peacetime have... leadership. Well, it's a little. He, he wanted to put an end to this siege. He could have gone in with the, you know, the <laughs> siege, whatever they, the weapons that they use and just gone in and burnt the castle to the ground. But instead, he actually presents this really logical, calm, sort of courteous, um, I guess, peace talks with, with uh, Titus Blackwood. And you can see that Titus actually respects him, at least for, for a moment, for, for the way that he's treating him and for the way that he's actually... Um, calmly and quietly putting an end to the to the fighting how much do you think it was jamie's oath on his mind to not you know well i guess they're not yeah they're still technically under the stark and tully banners so you know Uh, i don't i don't know whether or not he would consider consider that taking up arms against the tullys though and i think he likes titus blackwood like he genuinely likes this person so he kind of wants to cut him a decent deal yeah okay (laughs) <laughs> All hail King Tywin. <laughs> Bracken tells um, him he's lost a nephew and natural son. The mountain burned his lands and raped one of his daughters. He will have recompense. Jamie tells All hail King Tywin. <laughs> oh, well, the mountain did that. Tywin didn't. <laughs> God. Set him loose, lot. I like Swiss karma. She'd back me up. As if, as if Tywin didn't know what the mountain would do. He famously right, raped exactly. Ilya, Ra- or Ilya, not Targaryen. Yes, yes, he Ilya Martell. He still won. God. Jamie tells him the mountain is dead as Tywin. <laughs> he says the fact Bracken uh, has his head should be recompensed enough. He did declare for Rob Stark until Lord Walder killed him. Bracken tells Jamie he did keep faith with the young wolf, as he'll keep faith with him, too, as long as he's treated fairly. He sees no sense in shedding Bracken blood for a lost cause. Jamie tells Bracken he'll get some of his promised lands, as he only partly subdued the Blackwoods. Um, this seems to satisfy Bracken, and he offers um, <clears throat> a word of advice to Jamie to not trust the Blackwoods when he makes his deals. So um, Peck rides before Jamie with a peace banner. They get to the moat and the drawbridge is lowered. Lord Titus Blackwood comes out to meet him. He's looking old and starved. Jamie tells Titus he's here to put an end to this war, asks Blackwood if he's prepared to yield. Titus replies to the king, not to Jonas Bracken. Jamie says, I understand. Blackwood asks if Jamie wants him to dismount and kneel right then and there. With 100 eyes looking on, Jamie tells him he may do so in the comfort of his own soul or after they've agreed I on this. Wasn't I that love nice? this. I mean, like we I were talking about, say, you know, yeah. like Jamie really respects people who are honorable and loyal. And of course, he really respects Titus Blackwood, who is the final holdout of Rob's kingdom. This is the last, you know, bastion of, of the Stark and Tully kingdom of the Riverlands in the north. And, you know, Jamie, of course, is is completely, you know, romantic and loves this idea. Even though he's yeah. so practical himself, he would never probably do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's like torn. He loves it. 
He's almost kind of deferential in a way. I, I'm with you, Chicky. I adore everything about how Jamie approaches these peace talks. He's, oh, he's compassionate without being weak. Like you really see his leadership come out and also the fact that he's such an excellent reader of people as well. But I think you're right in saying, you know, he, he really appreciates what Titus Blackwood here is doing. Like he is kind of the last stand. And I think that sort of that stings to Jamie's heart. Jamie's um, such a romantic. He you, loves that. Say, yeah and you know I, I love everything about it he rides up with the peace banner he's he's really courteous throughout you know he begins by calling Titus um you know lord and sir he tells him that his men have fought valiantly he affords Titus to retain some of his dignity like he, you know when Titus asks if Jamie requires him requires him to kneel before the him at the gate um, Jamie, you know, sees that all the men are watching around him and he tells him he can kneel inside. And then once they get inside, he doesn't require him to kneel at all. Uh, and then, you know, they start talking about which land Jamie will need from Titus. And, and Jamie actually asked Titus's point of view on that. He says, you know, well, what land will you consent to part with? Um, it's all very, I don't know. I just, yeah, I just love definitely it. Definitely a style. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It's, it's, he's such a born leader to me. And as Gail was saying before, you really see the difference between the way Tarwin goes about things and the way, and the way Jamie does. And if you read Jamie's dialogue, it's not that Jamie is remotely weak or even necessarily very no. kind in what he says. He's pretty dry and, you know, Jamie right. about all of it. But it's just his actions, what he does and what he allows and, and the way that, that he, you know, phrases things, allow people to keep their dignity. I mean... We saw it in his interactions with the Blackfish. I mean, you know, he was actually pretty respectful and mm-hmm. somehow, for Jamie, managed to not be very Jamie in that exchange. Yeah, something that really, really struck me. It was something I was just thinking about the other night. Something that really struck me as I was reading throughout Jamie's chapters, particularly his face chapters, is that he is actually – he is kind. He is a kind person. He doesn't necessarily – use kind terms when he is speaking to people, when he is speaking to his enemies, but you see it in his actions, as Chicky was saying. And, you know, we see it again coming up when they talk about taking uh, one of Titus's sons as a hostage. Um, initially, Jamie, what does he say? He's going to take Titus's daughter, who is his only daughter, and is someone who Titus clearly adores and is terrified of losing. And Jamie immediately sees that. And then he agrees to take one of Titus's many sons and not even his heir um, or, or one of the sons who I guess is more A athletic. lesser son. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you know, he ends up taking the one who's the bookish the bookish son or yeah. I guess who many would see as the weakest son. Yeah, we'll, um, we'll, we'll get to all that Um like we can go over a bit about you know the negotiations because like as you've pointed out there's definitely different interaction between how he's dealing with Blackwood versus Bracken and you can see the respect he has for Blackwood versus Bracken like it's uh he comes off a lot better than um Bracken uh pitches originally to uh Jamie so they're in um the Blackwood solar and uh, they're looking out over the godswood. Um, there's this ancient tree. It's dead. And every night, hundreds of ravens roost in its branches. I don't know, but it had like light bulbs going off when they kept talking about this damn tree <laughs> and the ravens. Blackwood um, asks about Edmure Tully. Jamie tells Blackwood Edmure is on his way to the rock. His bride is gone to the twins um, to have the baby. And then she will join him as well with the baby. 
So long as he doesn't attempt escape or rebellion, Edmure will live a long life. Blackwood says, a long and bitter life without honor. He was afraid to fight. Jamie thinks that's unjust. Um, you know, he kind of remembers the trebuchet comment. And Edmure feared for his child. He doesn't say this. He's just thinking this. He knew whose uh, son Jamie was better than his own aunt. And this is a reference, of course, to when uh, Tyrion, um, Jenna, had made the comment that Tyrion was Tywin's true son. Um, Blackwood asks about Brendan Tully. Jamie tells him the Blackfish fled and asks if he has uh, him. No, is the answer. Would you tell me if you did? Blackwood smiles. Jamie proposes they speak terms. Um, so is this where I get on my knees? He asks again, and he says, if it pleases you or we, or we can say you did. So there again is Jamie showing a little bit of kindness. Um, so the terms include a confession, fealty, a pardon, and gold and silver. Jamie shows Titus the maps and uh, asks him what lands he's willing to part with. After some dealing, they come up with a compromise. And then it comes to the hostage. And uh, we kind of mentioned he goes for the lesser son, Hoster, uh, who's, you know, bookish. It's widely described. Um, and this this boy is so cute. He comes down and they, he tells Jamie that his friends and brothers call him Hoss. And Jamie's reply is like, I'm not your friend or your brother. Yeah. Yeah, well, we already know how much it bothers Jamie to have these hostages that he already has, knowing that he might have to kill them. And you can imagine he just, like, doesn't want to get attached to another kid he might have to kill. And what's really sort of sad about that is this is where any sort of, it says, all trace of warmth leaves Lord Blackwood's mouth, like... Jamie was doing so well with him. He was actually getting a little bit of respect from from Lord Blackwood. And then immediately, as soon as Jamie starts telling Hoss that, you know, I'm not your friend, I'm not your brother, Uh, you know, if if your dad does anything to help these outlaws, I will... I will kill you. <laughs> um, and, you know, poor Jamie, he's, he's finally had a little bit of respect from, from one of his enemies and that's immediately gone with that. He really can't escape that Kingslayer reputation that he has. So basically he's the Dread Pirate Roberts, isn't he? Totally. <laughs> and, like, these, are, these guys are Wesley. Like, I'll likely kill you in the morning. Because, I mean, later in the chapter there's a <laughs> remark that, you know, when they're having dinner, Jamie's drinking wine with Peck and Haas. I mean, he's always hanging out with them drinking yeah. wine. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But he's not his friend. <laughs> now probably right. kill him. Uh, so when they part, um, you know, we just get that whole bit, you know, reminding him that he's not uh, Ryman Frey and, you know, don't cross him or he will cut off his son's head. <laughs> um, Bracken is close by waiting for Jamie when he rides out and um, he says he saw the dire wolf flag brought down. Jamie informs him of the lands he will be granted. Bracken seems satisfied but tells Jamie he was um, swindled with the hostage that uh, Blackwood gave him. Um Bracken's kind of a dick, isn't he? <laughs> he so is. He really is. <laughs> I'm he makes... so Team Blackwood. <laughs> he, you're so you Team Blackwood. Oh, I was going to say, yeah. is anyone Team Bracken? I don't know Get who. Out. Get out. <laughs> yeah. Even Hildy's not Team Bracken. No, yeah, she switched sides pretty quick. <laughs> <She's> team Lannister. <laughs> 
So uh, Blackwood um, says one of his daughters could snap Hoster. <laughs> Jamie asks him, well, how many daughters do you have? <laughs> and uh, Bracken really realizes a little too late that Jamie was setting him up. And um, he's told to pick one to wait on the queen. Um, Jamie rides off with his men trying to an alternate route, hoping to stumble upon the blackfish or lure out an attack. Uh, the sun- yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, it is. That he's he's deliberately hoping that the <laughs> the outlaws will attack him. Oh God, Jamie! Hi, he's he's pretty tasty bite. <laughs> well, he is. He knows he is too. <laughs> he knows. Well, he and is. he does have an army, so I mean, you know, he is. Yeah. is in a good position to do it. Now's the time. Yeah, if you're gonna yeah. do it, now's the time. Yeah. So, can we go back to um the tree? Sure. At the Blackwoods. Sure. So. Why, you know, does anyone have an idea about the ravens? Is it because, are there ravens there because the tree's dead? So the weirwood network, you know, as we call it, doesn't work? <laughs> I was going to say maybe the ravens are there to fix the connection. Oh. It still works, though. I think we know that it's it still, still works yeah. even when the trees are dead, when they're young or when they're dead or whatever. I think it still works. Um, yeah, I don't know. I got nothing. The, the The strange thing about that is, you know, we've talked too much probably about the Russian draft of Brienne's last mm-hmm. chapter in, in feast. And in that there is um, a flock, a big flock of ravens that arrive just as Brienne is being hanged. And of course she wouldn't be too far from here. So you almost wonder if it's the same flock of ravens, but then of course then they, George had scrapped that. Right. So I don't know. Yeah, it, it is interesting. I don't know. Is there something in Duncan egg about this? Eon lot about this tree? I can't, I can't remember know. anything either. Really got f- me. Beats yeah. me. Don't know what the hell it's about. But yeah, like yeah. M- like my spidey senses go off anytime these damn trees and ravens are mentioned. Yeah. Nothing really happened though, like for them because I always see them as like kind of witnesses or something's going on, but they didn't really do anything for these ravens. Well apparently like, haven't they been going there for thousands and thousands of years? Yeah. Yeah. Ravens? yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it does say that. Okay, where did we leave off? Okay, so um, the sun is setting when they come upon a pair of grassy hills called the Teats. <laughs> Jamie recalls Lord Bracken's map and asks um, about the village between them and its penny tree. Hoster gives an explanation for the name of the hills. Um, apparently, a hundred <laughs> years ago, Aegon the Unworthy um, took Barbara Bracken as his mistress. Uh, she was quite buxom. <laughs> a very buxom wench was the terminology. <laughs> <laughs> and he named the hills for his mistress's boobies. Uh, later, the king took up another woman, a Blackwood named Melissa. Barbara was heard to say that Missy was flat as a boy. So the king gave Missy Barbara's tits. In that you know what I love most about this exchange is that it's pretty much two adolescent boys having a giggle about boobs. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Jamie and Hoster. <laughs> so uh, Hoster claims this all happened about 500 years ago before the Andals or 1000 if the true history is to be believed. And then Jamie thinks of how Tyrion would have liked Hoster. Oh, yeah. This makes me so sad. Isn't it interesting also to compare how Jamie thinks on both his siblings, despite the fact that they've both had big altercations? He still thinks of Tyrion as this sort of immediate, I don't know, longing or, or familiarity, whereas with Cersei it's just not let that letter burn. Yeah. <laughs> it's always fond. Yeah, poor guy. Anyway, you, uh, you guys, I was just going to say, I mean, I, I, I do foresee a Jamie Tyrion reunion in the 
well, I don't know about near future, but I do see one happening. What about what do you guys think? No, I don't think so. I think they're. You don't think? Really? Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think so. I, I'm gonna say I think so. I, I think so. I just, I just, and it's too much good drama to pass. Yeah, up. I just uh, look. I just want those crazy kids to make up. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how that's going to be the case. You know, honestly, I I think I think it'll happen. And before like the show, I was thinking it was going to be horrible. But maybe with yeah. what happened in the show, since it wasn't like a horrible. You know, falling out like in the books, maybe. Yeah. Well, who even it's knows? Well, after, <laughs> I mean, I don't I know. Say, after season three, Tasha doesn't even exist. So, God, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, my feeling is, I mean, you see this with both Jamie and Tyrion, and that is as they as they near the end of the chapters that we've read, um, they keep forgetting that they're supposed to be bitter about one another. Yeah. So, I think the feeling kind of is that it's something that probably would have worked itself out between them eventually. I mean, I if so. they meet, maybe it will. I kind of don't think they will, but I, I think you're supposed to feel like you know the the br- the brother bond is probably going to win out. The brother bond is is still there; it's just being repaired. Yeah. Oh God. So Jamie chuckles over the fact that the Brackens and Blackwoods have been fighting for a kingdom that hasn't existed for a thousand years. You'd think someone would make peace by now, he says. Hoster tells him there have been a hundred pieces, but they always break. Yeah, kind of like the Hatfields. They're kind of like the Hatfields and the McCoys. (laughs) (laughs) They are. (laughs) They are. This is what I was talking about earlier about how I kind of stopped reading and was wondering why. George saw fit to include this whole exposition about uh, the Blackwoods and the Brackens. And I was thinking, is there an analogy here somewhere to Jamie's own life? You know, are we talking about the general theme of forgiveness or are we saying how the Jamie Cersei rift will never heal? But, yeah, I think after what Chicky said, I've come to the conclusion that it's just filler. Really? <laughs> or, you know, perhaps it was there to, perhaps is, was there to expand upon in a later book, but that may not happen now. I don't know. Yeah, it, it may not pop up in Jamie's storyline, but it might matter somewhere else. I don't know. There's already I, I think too a little many bit things popping up in it's Jamie's a, I Don't you think it's yeah. a Lannister versus Stark thing? Like you know. it is, yeah, and it's a little bit of of showing how much of of Tywin's you know world philosophy that Jamie ha- has taken on, and you know Jamie knows that the way that Tywin does things works. He just doesn't like it. He doesn't like the <laughs> the methods that are involved. Well, right. I mean, yeah. he's talking about absolute war you know you kill all of your enemies they can't come back and i mean i think that is in a nutshell tywin's philosophy seems logical to me yeah and then yeah and then of course it leads to get out get out (laughs) but yeah then of course it leads on to jamie thinking about the starks and sansa and I love I love how Hoster asks him, you know, is that why you killed all the Starks? I mean, like yeah. that's perfect. I mean, that's like pretty, um, it would take some kid to just baldly ask Jamie that. I was question. about to say that's pretty mouthy for a Hoster. It is actually. I, I love it. I'm a, I'm a fan of Hoster. I like him too. I yeah, he's so dead. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> how dare you? So, yeah. So when he does ask, you know, why is that why you killed all the Starks? Uh, Jamie replies, "Not all Lord Eddard's daughters live." And then Jamie... next on my list. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie thinks of Brienne and wonders if she's found her. If oh, God, I love it. And how much do you love that? That's not even specifically about Sansa. Like you look at his sequence of thoughts, and it's kind of like Brienne, where are you? And then you know you imagine ten minutes later. Oh, I wonder if you found Sansa. Yet. <laughs> 
he's thinking about. I just about- love that he just never loses faith that she will somehow pull this off. This is the thing that I love probably most about the Jamie and Brienne relationship is that in all the times that Jamie thinks about Brienne as she's off on this quest that he sent her on, he never thinks about her failing. It's always, have you managed to do it yet? Like, he has every faith that she can pull it off. I mean, he's totally wrong, but he really does hey. think that she can. <laughs> There's still time, Chicky. There's still time. Maybe she's... Well, and it kind of shows... Yeah. And it kind of shows the lie. You know, I've heard people say that he puts her on this quest as like a joke or to get rid of her or whatnot. And it, you know, wow. it makes oh, it God. quite obvious once again, that no, indeed he actually is very, very, very serious yeah. about this. It's clear. It's clear in his thoughts. And this is not his sole thought of, of Brienne being able to find Sansa. Like it's, it's ha- it happens um, in previous chapters as well. So it's certainly not. Yeah. I sent that wench off as a joke. <laughs> He's deadly serious about it. Yeah, no, he really thinks she can do it. I mean, he really does I think she can. I just kind of love it because you just imagine that in his mind, Brienne is this almost like, I'm mean, not superhuman. He totally like thinks that she's not very bright. And we know that he thinks she's ugly. But I mean, like his faith in her strength of character and her strength of will is is really beautiful to me. It's just mm-hmm. one of my favorite things about well, them. But, absolutely. But Chiki, I think that just... to the think back to the bear pit i mean he thought oh if she had a normal sword she totally would have uh, totally would have put it into that bear he, yeah he, he he's surprised no she worries. hasn't done it yet why hasn't yeah. she handled this yet <laughs> he had her, you're right i'm with you his faith in her is it really is quite a beautiful thing it's it's kind of a rare thing particularly i would say in that society that a man would would have so much faith in, in a woman but as totally. you were saying it's he looks at her honor he looks at her loyalty and he sees that she has amazing strength both physically and mentally and he really does believe that she can do this yeah that's it and it's like he doesn't to begin with you know he's just like the rest of society he sees this woman who's carrying around a sword and a dagger and and he's like what on earth is this about you know he he doesn't buy into it until he sees her in action until he really gets to know her and then it's like he just goes total fangirl and he just will never stop i mean like He's not the type to gush, so you're not going to get that. But if you just look at at what he says and what he thinks, I mean, it's obvious that he totally thinks she's amazing. I mean, that's kind of the, the journey of, of them, isn't it? The journey of Jamie and Brienne. Initially, you know, you're right. He sees her. He thinks, oh, who is this woman playing dress-ups in, in man's mail? <laughs> yeah. um, he, he, he mocks her. And as you say, he very quickly learns that Brienne has this amazing strength of character. She is so true, so loyal, so honourable, and that it culminates with him um, giving her Oathkeeper and sending her out on this quest to find something that is completely precious to him, and that is his honour, and probably something he wouldn't entrust to anyone else. It, oh, God, you're going to make me cry, Shiki. What's wrong with you? Sorry, yeah. I'm kind of teary because this it, it is, is like one of my favorite yeah. things about them. And just right until the end, he believes. He totally believes in her. Yeah. And that's uh, that makes what is perhaps coming. God. <laughs> no, okay, let's not. Sorry. Okay, okay, let's, let's <laughs> go on. Um, so Jamie thinks that if the gods are good, she'll forget about... Um, being a Stark and marry a blacksmith or innkeep. And I... Do we know any blacksmiths or innkeeps? <laughs> uh, only, only hot ones. Oh, so, yeah. We could have Sansa marrying a blacksmith. <laughs> I don't think that's what we mean. <laughs> that's what I mean. <laughs> I know what you think you mean. Good lord. 
<laughs> so how about have fans of Mary Tywin? I love Nina. <sighs> it's so much fun. Sorry. It sounds like Gendry Shipping. Get out. Get out. I don't even. Anyway, they arrive at Penny Tree. Um, the war has um, obviously touched this place as well, but there is evidence of rebuilding happening. Peck asks, where are the people? And Jamie responds, they're hiding. There is a hold fast with stone walls 12 feet high behind the walls the villagers are hiding. Jamie calls out, telling them they mean no harm and that they are king's men. The reply is, king's men burnt the village, stole sheep, killed, and raped. Jamie decides they will shelter in the houses, tells his men no stealing. Jamie shares his wine <laughs> with Peck and Haas. He starts counting pennies um, that have been nailed into the old oak and uh, the one that uh, then Jamie also has had scouts sent out to ensure no enemies take them unawares Um, Two come riding back with a woman they have taken captive. And they they say she rode up as bold as you please, demanding words with you. Jamie scrambles to his feet. (laughs) He is he is shocked by the way Brienne looks. Um, he tries to ask her about her wounds, and you know she tells him it's a bite. And then straight away she's like on to business and reminds him of the quest he sent her on. And he asks, "Have you found her? I have. Where is she? A day's ride. I can take you to her, sir, but you will need to come alone. Elsewise, the hound will kill her. Oh. So, what the fuck is Brienne up to here?" She doesn't even sound like Brienne. Like, she sounds like a completely different person. Right? She sounds undead. She sounds like un-Brienne. She really does. Shiki, no! (laughs) (laughs) I I feel the need to share that my notes for this part of the chapter just say, Brienne and Jamie reunited and it feels so good. (laughs) Sorry, I think I was drunk. Um, I just, look, I love here that the first thing on Jamie's mind when he sees her is kind of, Brienne, it's Brienne in front of me. And he just lunges to his feet in his eagerness. And then the first thing out of his mouth is, I had not thought to see you again so soon. But Lady. certainly, <laughs> you know, and that's true, but he certainly had thought about her. I mean, how many times? So wait, wait, wait seen? here. So yes. he's drunk. And he's horny. <laughs> he's so horny. And he's just hanging out in his tent. Oh, yeah. No, no. And he scrambles to his feet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's ready um, to move right on, for sure. Yeah. If anything then, is established in this chapter, it's that. <laughs> it's that little Jamie's raring to go. But, yeah, yeah I know, I've seen... Oh, God, I hate bringing up these arguments. But, you know, you've seen the arguments about how Jamie... Lunges to his feet because, oh, my God, it's Brienne. Has she found Sansa? It's all about Sansa, Sansa, Sansa. But <laughs> Sansa isn't even mentioned until Brienne brings her up. You know, Jamie, the yeah, first thing Jamie does is he takes a good hard look at Brienne um, and then he sees her face and his immediate reaction is concern. He says, you've been wounded. And he's obviously thinking, oh, is she okay? What happened to her? Um, and Brienne is the one that brings up Sansa. She says, my Lord, you gave me a quest. So it's, in my opinion, I think it's true. It's certainly, he's not scrambling to his feet in eagerness of the fact that Brienne may have found Sansa. He is, I think he goes through excitement about seeing her and then it's concern about Brienne's well-being. Well, it's concern and it's, you know, if if you've paid attention to Jamie's speech and thought patterns, I mean... The fact, that, the fact that he uses this gods be good in his head, what is he said? Gods be good. She looks 10 years looks older 10 than years when old. I last saw yeah, her. Yeah. And what's happened to her face? 
you can feel the urgency in his thoughts and like the gods be good is so not a Jamie, you know, exclamation to make. That's just not something you hear from him. We just had in uh, his previous chat with Hoster about uh, what was it? Hoster was saying, if the gods are good, um, I think he says, it was either Arya or Sansa, she'll forget she was a Stark. Um, and Hoster says the gods are good, and Jamie thinks to himself, you go on believing that. So, yeah, Jamie is certainly not one to um, believe in the gods or pray to the gods, and it's interesting to know, actually, that the last time we saw Jamie praying to the gods, it was again about Brienne, where he says, Father, give her strength. Well, and it's just, it's such a, like, a, an oh, my God to, like, an oh American or something, like, yeah. oh, my God, you know, I yeah. mean, like, you can hear that, and... Mm-hmm. And he's like, and what's happened to her face? And then he has this hesitating speech, which is also fairly un-Jamie as well. He's like, that yeah. bandage ellipsis, you've been wounded ellipsis. I mean, this is not like Jamie. No, <laughs> like, yeah. You yeah, almost so have I feel to like see that's... this with your own eyes to really see, you know, what, yeah. how upset or he's how rattled. emotional he I is. Yeah. Say, I feel like that the ellipses are also that it's kind of dawning on him that something may be truly wrong with her as well. So, yeah. He's definitely rattled. Like, you don't, this is not Jamie. Like, he's usually pretty composed under the worst of circumstances, but he's definitely, lots of concern can be read in this yeah. dialogue. There's, there's certainly something about Brienne that gets under his skin and makes him behave in ways that he doesn't normally. Yeah. yeah. Well, well and so we have to say, like, we all know that Brienne is lying to Jamie. Yeah. That she. What? Yeah. I mean. <laughs> you mean she, had, she hasn't found Santa? Oh, Turns out she doesn't have Sansa in her back pocket. And she doesn't. She doesn't know where the hound is. <laughs> no. But she, I've I didn't get it. She said maybe, she didn't. Sorry, what, Eon? Oh, I was all, I've always wondered if maybe she's been followed. She's, she's having some of the brotherhood without banners watching her while she's traveling through the Riverlands to retrieve Jamie. Oh, for sure. You know, and... I know that they're listening in, so she's probably, that's why she's giving him this spill to get him alone. Oh. And so, I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean bring him back to the cave. I mean, that just means to kill him, so who knows. We really don't know what what sort of deal Brienne may have struck or or what the plan is or, or anything. We, you know, we don't, she may very well be followed by some members of the Brotherhood Without Banners, we really have no idea what's going on. The, the only thing we really know for sure is that Brienne is without a doubt lying here because this what she's saying simply isn't possible. And Brienne doesn't lie. So it's like, no. what, what the fuck is <laughs> yeah. going on? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think he's going to pick up on it pretty soon. Oh, yeah, this. there's no doubt in my mind. Well, he can, we also, I mean, we've talked about Jamie yeah. being an excellent reader of people, and he's particularly attuned to Brienne and her her manner of speaking, her manner of moving. So I think certainly he will pick up on that very shortly. Well, and two, you guys did a good job in the episode where she where she was um, was taken of just cataloging all of her various injuries, and now you have her riding across God knows how far to get to him. With, you know, broken arm, broken ribs, neck injuries, fever, you know, all of these things. Like, who knows if she's even capable of of getting him back there. He says this thing about her looking 10 years older than when we last saw her. Um, Yeah, she clearly doesn't look very good. And, yeah, she's very injured. And I think we're fairly certain from the timelines that she, she, she did pretty much go from wherever it was she was hanged, probably to where Jamie is. I mean, I think, gosh, 
it's been a long time since I looked into this. I want to say it's it's definitely not more than two weeks and more like a week, I think. It's Difference just, it's between so, the timelines here. It's so difficult to speculate because we really we really have no idea what's what's going on in the interim. We we don't know whether um, Brienne is is as Eon says, is she being followed? Has she managed to escape somehow? It seems extremely unlikely. Um, yeah. Yeah, and we don't we, know we, how long they've been gone. All we know is that they're missing at the end of dance. They're they're right, they're gone. Right. We and really she, don't yeah, know. The, the only thing the only thing we really know is that it's it's not possible for the hound to have Sansa. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then you, know, then you have then you have the the Cersei chapter that happens later on in the Dance with Dragons where she finds out that Jamie rode off with Brienne, and that happens several weeks after this right yeah i think we know what is it i think we know that a minimum of three or four weeks has passed between this and when kevin thinks of of jamie last in the epilogue of of dance Mm. i think it could have been up to six weeks i want to say um and but it's a long time and you know rose papillon actually asked um George R. R. Martin, when she saw him, how long Jamie and Brian have been missing, and he told her he had been deliberately vague about it, and that's uh, all he would say. Mm. So I was going to so, say, yeah. isn't that doesn't that give you like a little bit of hope? The fact that they're missing yeah. and not I would say oh, absolutely. I think if yeah. they caught Jamie and killed Jamie, oh, we'd know about would be it. Flying around everywhere. Yes, yes. Well, and I mean, yeah. George has talked about writing more of Jamie's, like he specifically mentioned writing more of Jamie's story too. So yeah. Well, what did you I say? He'll no, dealing with Jamie. Yeah. 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 I have no doubt that Jamie and Brianna are both still alive. And I lean towards the, the thought that they will both survive Stoneheart to me. It doesn't make narrative sense for one or both of them to die with Stoneheart. Well, I agree. I, the thing is, if they were going to die with, with Stoneheart or the BWB, it would have to happen immediately in wins, and it just would seem like a silly thing to hold over for the beginning of the book. Not exactly. that George hasn't done that, because yeah. he has, but uh, yeah. yeah, I really don't think, number one, I don't think they're dead. I'm, I'm yeah. basically positive that they're not, neither one of them are dead. I mean, we see that the Brotherhood with Banners, like, definitely wanted people to find that they had killed Raymond Frey, for instance, who was a pretty big get for them. Um, they would have been bragging about killing Jamie. We're pretty sure he's alive <laughs> somewhere. I, and Brienne I like probably would. I like to lean on the theory that they've probably headed to the Quiet All. If you notice, whenever um, Brienne and Septon Marybald are are going through that little path of faith or whatever to get to the the Quiet All, she's paying it. She, if I remember right, she was paying attention to the way of the path to actually cross after whenever the tide was out to cross to the the Quiet All. She made and notes. It could yes. be. I mean, this is definitely... <laughs> she loves breadcrumbs. The end of this chapter is the one that has launched a thousand fanfics. <laughs> yeah. What the Whoa. hell happens? Who knows? And that elder brother has, you know, magical healing abilities. And Brienne, she could use some... She needs that healing right now. now. Yeah. <laughs> she, could use, she could use some careful loving. Wait, what? Sorry. <laughs> Let her heal first, goddammit. Oh, right. well, but men and women... Wait, men and women can't share a room at the Quiet Isle. Unless they're wed. They can, yeah. Oh. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) More fan fiction. (laughs) This is getting out of hand. So are we done, you think? Anything Uh, else you want to add before we wrap this up? We're never done. I know. (laughs) Never. Okay. Well, nobody's adding anything, so we're done. (laughs) (laughs) So I think, you know what? This week, we're going to do some damn questions because we've held them off for two weeks in a row. Can we have some questions? 
Oh, if you insist. Okay, I have one here that should speak to Lot's heart. <laughs> and it, it is from Anon. And they say, <clears throat> some JB Hayes is shit Brian with Heil Hunt. JB <laughs> <laughs> haters like what? <laughs> <laughs> do you ship them? I well, let's let's just go with that first. Do you ship them? Hell no, I do not ship Hunt with Brienne. Just let's you clear sh- the air right, there. You ship Hunt with you. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> oh god. Or Tywin with you? I can't tell anyone. Somebody else oh, god. answer this. <laughs> no, I don't ship them. I, I mean, uh, I don't hate Heil. I don't really mind Heil that much, but no, I definitely don't ship him with Brienne. Uh, I don't ship. Brienne with Hal. Let's see, they're Jamie me or get the fuck out. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> she thought he was gonna say Gendry. <laughs> I thought she was gonna say Gethin. <laughs> I thought she was gonna say <laughs> Did I cut out or something? Yes, you did. You did. Yeah, you cut out. Do I need bit. to repeat myself? No, no, it, was no, no, we it, got it just picked right back up as you were saying, get <laughs> the fuck out. <laughs> Kyle, what about you? Do you uh, ship Brienne with Heil? No, I think Heil needs someone a bit spicier than Brienne. Fresh and fasty? She's pretty fresh and fasty. Heil needs Hildy. I feel like Heil and Hildy would get along great, actually. (laughs) Well, that's interesting. That's interesting because the next part of the question says, I also have seen opinions that if JB won't happen, Heil is a replacement for Jamie. Do you think it's true? I feel like he could be a replacement for Jamie with Hildy. He's not kind enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think they mean in the context of Jamie and Brienne, Heil can be a replacement for Jamie. I mean, if Jamie were to die, would you? I'm just creating my own questions now. <laughs> if, if if he was to die, would you want Brienne with Heil? No. Oh. Or would you prefer her to be alone? Well, I would. You know, could she fall in love with Heil? I don't think she actually I could. I think, like, I think she could fall in love to... with someone else, but I don't, I don't I, know. It depends. I think. I think I, and we don't it know until we get to Hiles' head. And I know that will never happen. But what if he oh actually God, that does, better not ever happen. What, does, what if he actually does genuinely care about her, but he's just you know what, showing it? I think what it comes down to is what Brienne wants. And I think Brienne yes. would never want Hiles. Exactly. I just don't that. see... She doesn't want Hiles. And if she can't have Jamie, I mean, she's better off just joining, like, a... Sansa's Queensguard or becoming like the first female member I mean, of, you know. This is going to be blasphemous, but there are, you know, there are other men other than Jamie. I mean. Well, that's the thing. I think for Brienne, there aren't any other men but Jamie. I think Jamie is it for her. Nobody will ever live up to what Jamie's done for her, I think. I don't know. I just find that very depressing it given is, that I'm sure Jamie's going to die. That, like, oh. Yeah. You know, you got, like, one night, Brienne, that's it. Like, that kind of sucks. That does suck. I, well, you know what? This is a, a song of ice and fire. Everything kind of sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Why do, what the fuck do we even read these books? <laughs> right? Right? <laughs> Oh. I don't have an answer for that right now. I don't know why we read them. Yeah. <sighs> All right. We'll move on to uh, – are we doing another question? Or? Uh, yeah, let's do one more. All right. This one's a little bit meaty. I don't know if we should save it for another. Yeah, let's save it. Then. All right. What a tease, you guys. Yeah. We, should, we, 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 should we talk <laughs> about this other really meaty great question we're sitting on? Nah. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> that was about to say, stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, let's just wrap it up then. 
We do have some upcoming fun episodes that are a little bit unique. Um, We have a hubby or spouse cast. Um, So if you have questions, um, please send those to our Tumblr or our Gmail. And Um, we need them by um, Friday. Which is the the 31st. Happy Halloween, bitches. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so anything you've been dying to know of what our hubbies would I don't even know why this is popular, but I'll just repeat what it's I popular. said. I don't know. Yeah, I'll just repeat what I said last week. The hubbies have all watched Game of Thrones, and I think Eon's hubby has read the books. Is that right? Yes, he's read the books. Okay, so show questions are fine. If you want to ask specific book questions for yes. Mr. Eon. <laughs> he's very opinionated, too. I'll give you that. Excellent. That, Excellent. that makes for good podcasting. You guys, no one's going <laughs> to ask him about the books or the show. Let's be honest. <laughs> or, or at least I'm not going to ask him about it. No, you didn't. <laughs> She'll be fast-forwarding through those bits of the podcast. <laughs> What Who cares? Is Eon, what is Eon's favorite brand of gin? <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, the other one we have coming up is The World of Ice and Fire. Is that the title of that book? It is. Yeah, original. Um, We're going to be doing an episode with that, so if you have any questions, um, if you're getting that book and have any questions, you can shoot them our way as well. Or if you would like to podcast, we, we might have oh, another yeah. Oh, so, yeah, we might submit a panel for that one. So here's your opportunity. Oh, God. If you want in on that mess, get in on it now. <laughs> if you, you really love Targaryens. You advertise it so beautifully, Chicky. <laughs> if you're in love with Targaryens, volunteer for this. No, I'm kidding. Hey, I'm not going to talk about any Targaryens. We'll be on our best behavior. <laughs> <laughs> oh, y'all know y'all just want to talk about throne sex. Throne sex. Yeah. Well, obviously. And oh, oh, the other one is um, I'm trying to collect um, favorite moments from our listeners. So if you have a moment of the podcast that you've enjoyed, let me know. Um, preferably if you have the episode number and a time code that makes my life a whole lot easier. So you can send those <laughs> too. Okay, so you can send this stuff to close the door and at gmail.com. Yeah, you can message us on Tumblr at close the door and come here. .tumblr.com, or you can message us on the JB boards at jbbrienne.com. And that's it. Thank you guys for podcasting. So long, guys, books. We did it. Bye. We did it, guys. Guys. We did it. Like, I can't believe we survived it, but we did. Yay. We well, made one it day we may have One day we may have more Jamie Brienne chapters to talk about. About a decade. Yep. Yep. See you guys we'll in a bit. We'll see you guys in 2045. <laughs> 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 All right. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Bye. 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 Did you just listen to the complete end of this episode? Good for you. You know what? You get a bonus track. Here's a blooper. Hello. Hi. Okay, we'll just uh, pick up like we nothing happened. Where? Yeah. So where are we picking up from? Um, yeah, where are y'all? Well, at? what you and Chicky just did was really good, so I'm gonna keep that. Oh, where we almost broke down in tears. Like, yeah, I like that emotion. Good emotion. Let's do that once more, but if I could get a little more. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I could I could cry for you right about now. No, I don't even. I know. heard you guys, but I don't believe you. <laughs> I heard Thinking you. We need to rehearse it again. But I didn't no, feel it. No. <laughs> what did I miss? <laughs> Oh, yeah. well, why do you like waxing on about how Jamie never loses faith in Brian? I feel like you were just going about it. I feel like we were going around in hilarious, tearful circles. <laughs> we were probably, but it's fine. I don't even care. Oh, God. I'm a horrible person. It was basically Chicky going, oh, I just love their beautiful bond. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? I love their beautiful bond. And Chicky's like, yeah, I love their beautiful bond. <laughs> we, just, we just did it over and over. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's fine. It's all good. Okay. 